If you're a regular listener of the show, you know that I am a huge believer in the power of somatic breathwork to change lives. So much so that I became a somatic breathwork practitioner, and I'm now offering sessions in person and via Zoom with my partner, Lisa Strawn. So please follow us on Instagram at Better Place Praj, Steve Norris Official, and Breath with Lisa for the latest info. And I'm so proud to be an affiliate partner of the extraordinary Somatic Breathwork team. If you'd like to become a Somatic Breathwork practitioner and change lives in your community, please visit somaticbreathwork.com. And if you sign up for the online or in-person course, you can enter in the promo code BPP, as in Better Place Project, to receive a discount off your training. To make a huge change in your life, visit somaticbreathwork.com. Make the world a Hey, hey, I'm Steve Norris. Welcome to Better Place Project, where each week we shine a light on amazing humans from every corner of the planet who are doing extraordinary things to help make the world a better place, including sharing their knowledge with us on how we can be living healthier, happier, more purposeful lives. Hey, everybody, before we get started, a couple really exciting, freaking awesome announcements this last week, Paul Recessa the real-life hero of the movie Hotel Rwanda, was released. A little over two years ago, March of 2021, I had two of his daughters, adopted daughters, or technically his nieces that he adopted after the genocide in Rwanda. Well, Paul, again, is the real-life hero of the movie Hotel Rwanda. While well, he was kidnapped back in the fall of 2020 by the government, Crazy story. They got him on a plane in Burundi. He thought he was flying into Burundi, excuse me, and they flew him to Rwanda. He didn't know he was going to Rwanda. The government did all of this illegally. They they put on put him on trial, a sham trial. He got uh he was given a 25-year sentence, just a horrible, horrible thing. He became a political prisoner there in Rwanda, and his family has been fighting tire tirelessly for his release. The Biden administration has played a huge role in it. The government of Qatar has also played a huge role in bringing him home. So just a wonderful end to this story. Paul Recesbegina has been brought home. Go back and listen to that episode. You'll hear all about what happened. And at some point, I'd love to have them back on the show, hopefully with their father, Paul, to talk about his ordeal. But obviously, right now, we're respecting the family's time to just celebrate his uh, his homecoming with his family. So congratulations to the entire Recessabagina family. Also, wanted to mention Paul Watkins who was also on the show last fall, I believe it was in October or November. Uh, He is one of very few people on the planet who have finished the Arctic Ultra. This is a 617-kilometer around the Arctic Circle, just known as one of the most grueling, if not the most grueling race on the planet. Well, we had Paul on to talk about that back in 2019, he won the stinking thing. He won the Arctic Ultra. The guy's just a freaking badass. Well, it just ended last week, and Paul came in third place. He entered it again, as if one time isn't enough. He did it again, and this time came in third place, which is still absolutely just amazing. So 
go back and listen to that episode. We're talking he would sleep maybe 15 minutes in a day or maybe sleep for 15 minutes, hike for six hours, sleep for 15 minutes, hike for, you know, four hours. And this is through the snow and just, again, in the Arctic Circle. So big congratulations to the legend, the badass, Paul Watkins. Now let's get to today's solo episode, Why Truth and Accountability Matter in a Better World. Now, we all tell little white lies every now and then. We may make up a reason why we can't go to a friend's party, for example, when the truth is we simply don't want to go, but we tell them, oh, sorry, I have plans. I've got, or I already told my mom I would help her move or whatever. And we come up with a lie because we don't want to hurt that person's feelings. And we may, for example, tell someone, of course, I remember you when we run into somebody and they say, do you remember meeting me? And we don't want to hurt their feelings. So we tell a little bit of a white lie. We may be with friends uh, singing karaoke one night and we don't want to tell our friend they suck. So we'll say, hey, man, you sounded great on that song when they really sounded like a wounded cat. But at least In these types of lies, our intentions are good. But these are not the types of lies that I'm talking about in today's episode. I'm talking about lies that can be cancerous to our society and to our culture, and even dangerous to our society. Now, I really talk about politics on the show, and I'm not going to get into politics on this episode either. In fact, for the record, I'm not a Republican nor a Democrat. I'm an independent. and But this discussion is simply about the truth and accountability. And in this discussion, politicians just happen to be some of the people that I'm talking about because they are arguably the worst liars and worst offenders on the planet when it comes to lying and lack of accountability. So you may ask, why, Steve, are you having a podcast on Better Place Project, where we're supposed to be talking about living healthier, happier, more purposeful lives, thus creating a better world for all of us. Why am I talking about lying and accountability? And the answer to that is because if we don't heed what's going on in our society, if we don't defend the truth, because believe me, the truth is on trial right now, not only in America, but around the entire world. And if we don't defend the truth and hold that sacred, and just importantly, hold those accountable that cause harm with their intentional lies, we are actively a part of the division in our society, and we are not being a part of the solution. Throughout history, truth has always been an important part of philosophy and society and our culture. Getting to the truth was core. It was foundational to our way of thinking, to who we are as scientists and intellectuals. We've been on a continuous crusade to get to the facts, to get to the truth. And then once we all agree on what that truth is, then, and notice I use the word all, then we can have a respectful debate on how to solve the world's problems based on the facts that we all agree on. But over the last 20 to 30 years, we can't even agree on the facts. And the truth just does not seem to matter as much. In fact, in this new world of alternative facts, it's actually becoming unfashionable to be truthful. But at what cost are we paying as a society? 
And what alarms me perhaps even more is that not only are we experiencing a degradation of truth, but also a complete and utter lack of another virtue, accountability. Our former president of the United States, Donald Trump, notoriously made more than 30,000 false or misleading claims during his four years as president. Many were small lies or little mistruths, and others were intentional, very damaging lies. Now, we now know that he knew he lost the election, but kept on telling the big lie, that the election was stolen, that there was massive voter fraud, that thousands of dead people had voted, that machines had changed the votes. It was all nonsense, sheer blatherskite. But unfortunately, as Winston Churchill said, a lie gets halfway around the world before the truth has a chance to get its pants on. And these lies that spread led to January 6th. These lies led to violence, death, and destruction, and almost the fall of our democracy. And a willing participant in these lies was Rupert Murdoch-owned Fox News. In the name of profit, they fueled the fire by spreading the lie that the election was stolen, that Dominion voting machines had switched votes. We now know that the Fox executives and their top-rated propaganda TV personality hosts knew it was a lie. We have the text messages now to prove it. We now know they thought behind the scenes that Rudy Giuliani, Sidney Powell, and the rest of the cast of clowns promoting the nonsense, that they were all a bunch of nutcases. They said this behind the scenes in emails and texts, but on TV, they kept pushing the lies. Now, why would they do this, you might ask? I'm going to borrow a quote from Thomas Sowell, which I think adequately answers this question. He said, when you want to help people, you tell them the truth. When you want to help yourself, you tell them what they want to hear. Rupert Murdoch, Tucker Carlson, Laura Ingram, Sean Hannity, all of them, they all knew the truth, but they still went on the air every night and said the opposite. Why? Because that's what their audience wanted to hear. They didn't think their audience could handle the truth, so they lied to them. And why? To keep their viewership, to keep their profits, and they're still lying to them. So you may now be asking, why should we even care about this? Why should we speak up against the politicians and demand that Fox be held accountable, at least for the damage and harm that they've caused Dominion with these lies? Well, I'm going to let William Faulkner's quote answer this one. Never be afraid to raise your voice for honesty and truth and compassion against injustice and lying and greed. If people all over the world would do this, it would change the earth. I'd like to read to you an excerpt from an article from Psychology Today. It was written by Ira Hyman, who's a professor of psychology at Western Washington University. He said, quote, Too many people may have too many rewards for the lies they are telling. The rest of us are left accepting things that feel true. Making rational choices becomes impossible in such a climate. This is what it means to live in a post-truth world with fake news. Even if we try to be rational and thoughtful, we may base our judgment on lies. We may make decisions based on things we want to be true rather than the real state of the world. When the truth is buried under a mountain of misrepresentations, we cannot make wise decisions. 
end quote. And as I've also talked about in my two episodes about artificial intelligence and chat GPT, we're entering, guys, into a new era where it is going to be tougher and tougher to decipher fact from fiction. So we must work harder to get to the truth. We must ask ourselves, when does lying become no longer acceptable? We must work harder to get to the truth as that unites us and strengthens us. And we must work harder to expose falsehoods and lies as that divides us and weakens our society. As Plato said, false words are not only evil in themselves, but they infect the soul with evil. Donald Trump has criminal charges coming up against him now for the aforementioned lying and corruption. Now, many people are saying, oh, no, we can't charge him. There'll be a civil war. People will rise up. This is the accountability part of it. Well, if we don't charge him, where does that leave us as a society? It leaves us as a society where laws only pertain to the everyday Americans, not the rich and powerful. Why should 950 rioters be charged with crimes for January 6th? Many tried and jailed. Hundreds have been sent to prison, but not the man who incited their actions. Why should the personal lawyer of an ex-president go to jail for two years? I'm talking about Michael Cohen here. For crimes he committed on behalf of the former president. But the president hasn't been held accountable. Why should the long-term CFO of the former president be sent to Rikers? Rikers Prison. And I'm talking about Alan Weisselberg here. For crimes he committed on behalf of Donald Trump. But his boss? It's gotten off scot-free, at least so far. How is that justice? And what does that say about American values? And it doesn't just happen on a grand scale. It's not just Donald Trump. We've got all of this becoming more and more the norm. George Santos, we have a member of Congress who we now know fabricated virtually everything on his resume. His degrees, his resumes, the fact that his mother was a Holocaust survivor, all complete nonsense. The guy is a pathological liar. We know that he has been exposed, but he's still serving in Congress. As Albert Einstein said, anyone who doesn't take truth seriously in small matters cannot be trusted in large ones either. Why in the world are we allowing known liars to be our leaders who write our laws and our legislation? The underlying message that we are sending and teaching to our kids is that we are okay with lying and we don't hold the rich and powerful accountable. And this lying and corruption is going on not only here in the U.S., but all over the world. In Israel, Benjamin Netanyahu is up on all kinds of corruption charges. So what is he doing? He's trying to pass laws that will take power away from the judicial courts so that they can't come after him and hold him accountable. If he were to succeed here, there's all kinds of protests going on in Israel right now, and they've held off the vote for now. But if he's successful, this would all but eradicate an ever so critical part of the checks and balances of their government. No leader should take away the power of its own government to keep the leader in check. 
Does all this sound familiar? This is essentially what our own president attempted to do. Prevent Congress from certifying the election so that he could remain in power. And more and more leaders around the world are attempting to remove barriers that prevent them from remaining in power at all costs. And that, my friends, is scary and dangerous for the health of our global society. Now, my intent is not to put us all in a gloomy, saturnine mood. Instead, my message is a message of hope that if we all recommit to the importance of truth in our lives and in our society, and we hold our leaders responsible for their actions, we truly are playing a role in making this a better world for all of us. Now, I want to switch gears a minute as well and talk about some of the draconian laws that are happening in states, mostly in the South, all over the United States, that are just attacking the trans community. And this latest one was this past week in Arkansas, where the governor, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, signed a bill that restricts transgender students' bathroom use in schools. Guys, like I mentioned, transgender people are under attack all over the United States and the world. And I want to read you what Alexa Henning, who's a spokesperson for Huckabee Sanders, what she told CNN about this law. She said, quote, the governor has said she will sign laws that focus on protecting and educating our kids, not indoctrinating them, and believes our schools are no place for the radical left's woke agenda, end quote. And Republican state rep Mary Bentley, who sponsored the bill, said on Facebook that the legislation is, quote, how we restore our biblical values in our nation. And she told CNN that it will, quote, keep Arkansas children safe and comfortable in their bathrooms. Folks, the hypocrisy is just utterly astounding. The leading cause of death among children in America is a firearm. If our politicians really, truly want to protect our kids with your, quote, biblical values, end quote, how about taking some action so that they don't get murdered in this stinking classroom? And wow, as I'm recording this podcast, I just stepped away from my computer for a moment to go grab a cup of coffee in my kitchen. And in doing so, I took a look at the news and saw that Tennessee just had a school shooting. Three nine-year-olds were shot and three teachers are dead. Six people are dead. And this happened today on the very day that I'm talking about this topic. There have already been 129 mass shootings in the U.S. this year. And we're still in March, guys. When is enough enough? While our politicians are obsessed with banning books from our schools to keep our kids safe, obsessed with banning drag queens from reading to them to keep them safe, obsessed with banning trans kids from using a certain restroom to keep them safe, meanwhile, our kids are being slaughtered in their classrooms by assault weapons that our politicians refuse to ban. I'm calling on every parent to please join me in saying enough is enough and demand that your politicians, local and national, start doing something about the abhorrent gun problem in our country. 
to all the politicians in Washington and governors around the country spending their time worrying about indoctrinating books, cross-dressers, and trans people, I say this. I can teach my kids and my future grandkids how to handle it if they come across an offensive book, BFD. I can teach my kids and future grandkids how to handle it if and when a man in a dress reads to them at school, BFD. And I can teach my kids or my future grandkids what to do if someone with different genitalia from them uses a bathroom stall next to them. Again, BFD. But I can't teach my kids how to stop a bullet from an AR-15 rifle that is headed for their skull. So senators and members of Congress, how about really doing your job to protect our kids and ban military-grade assault rifles and pass some common-sense gun laws that 85% of Americans want? That's a start towards keeping our kids safe. Meanwhile, I'll be teaching my kids and grandkids to respect all books, even if we disagree with their content. I'll be teaching my kids to show love and respect to all people, including a man in a dress or a woman in pants, whether they're reading to them or peeing next to them. I'll take care of teaching them love. You take care of keeping the hatred, the violence, and the killing out of the classroom. Deal? It's a rhetorical question, of course. Not expecting an answer. And for all the same reasons that I've talked about already, we have an endless supply of people around the U.S. and around the world that are spreading lies and misinformation about guns, that guns don't kill people, people kill people, that statistically guns aren't the problem. Why? Because they have an agenda to sell them. Why do our politicians not do anything about it? Because they're being paid by the gun lobby. And what is the agenda of the gun lobby? To sell lots and lots of guns. Guys, if we are going to evolve as a species, at some point we have to decide that the truth matters. We have to face those truths and hold those accountable who intentionally lie and spread false information for their own benefit. Our democracy and our society as a whole depends on it. Three things cannot long be hidden. The sun, the moon, and the truth, said Confucius. But we must never stop searching for it. Special thanks to our producer, Noah Existe, and editor, Joe Tempogo. Our music was written and performed by Algian Importante. Thank you so much for listening. If this podcast brightened your day in any way, please share it with a friend who you think it might resonate with. Subscribe and leave us a rating and review, as that is the single best way to help the show and get the word out to more good humans. For behind-the-scenes info, please visit our website at betterplaceproject.org, where you can even click on the microphone in the lower right-hand corner and leave us a message or just stop by to say hi. And you can follow us on Instagram at betterplaceproj, and you'll find me at Instagram at Steve Norris Official. Look for small ways to be kind this week, and that will help make the world a better place. Make the world a better place. Make the world.